I missed being with you in person last week as Pastor Nancy and I and our families were away at Lake Junaluska up near Waynesville in the mountains. Uh, We go every year for an annual conference of all of the Methodist clergy in Western North Carolina and representatives from the laity uh, from each church. And we come together uh, and we worship and we fellowship and we do the business of the church. And so uh, I'm grateful that we were able to shoot a video before I left to do a video sermon. And thank you all for the feedback. We just want to try that out and see how that worked. And so I'm glad, though, to be back in person with you today. And, uh, you know, being up with uh, my colleagues at annual conference, I get a chance to to catch up with some good friends and to see some other folks that that I serve with across North Carolina. There's about 1,100 churches in Western North Carolina, Methodist churches, and I get to see former members of churches that I'd served previously. And so it's a lot of fun, and folks are, you know, it's good to catch up. How, how are things going with you and your family, and how are things going with you and your church? And a lot of people are interested in our project, our love, South Park project. We're redeveloping our, our campus over across from the South Park Mall to, to share God's love with our community. So a lot of people are interested in that. And so it's a good time of just supporting each other and, and finding some affirmation and, and giving that affirmation. Uh, but then, you know, there's always a handful in the crowd uh, who just, I don't know, they, they don't seem interested in anything that, that anyone else has to say except for themselves. And I don't know if this is true in, in your area of work, but there are some pastors and some lay members of churches that all they can talk about is themselves and how great their church is and how great their ministry is. And would they ask a single question about how you or your family or your ministry is doing? No. So hard to believe that there's some pastors and, and some Christian uh, lay members who are out there like that who are kind of self-centered. Now, is that just us clergy that do that? I mean, do you experience that in your professional work or in your family? family or at school or in your neighborhoods? Probably so. We probably all know somebody who's a little bit self-centered and, you know, you could ask them a million questions about themselves and, and then they don't ask a single one about you. Just want to spend time talking about themselves. If it's a, you know, a group gathering and the group has done something, then, then there's always that person who wants to take the credit for that and be in the spotlight and stand up and, and, and be the attention of everyone. And, uh, you know, sometimes folks who are so self-centered, you know, they don't, they don't come to you uh, unless they need something from you. And then when they've got it, you won't see them for a day or a week or a month until they need something again. So just want us maybe to think about, are there people in our lives who are just so self-focused that they just, they just can't get over themselves? Now, the next step would be, could someone somewhere say that about us? that we're that self-centered person, that all we talk about is ourselves and how great our life is. And people could ask us a million questions about us, and we'd love to answer every one of them, but are we going to ask them anything about them? No, because we don't really care. We're just interested in ourselves. And so um, maybe today, just to be thinking in our lives about our experiences, you know, who, who are the folks we encounter that frustrate us from being so focused on themselves? And could we sometimes maybe... Be that person to to someone else. And and if so, is that what God calls us to live like? And if, if, if not, then how maybe can we get over ourselves? And to see that, that life might have more to offer than, than just us. And so uh, we're going to explore that today with a fascinating fictional character named Han Solo. And he first came uh, to our attention back in the late 1970s in the fir- very first Star Wars movie. We've got a picture of him. 
And Han Solo was a rogue and a scoundrel. And uh, what he did was he was a smuggler. He had a very fast spaceship. And if you wanted to get somewhere or get some goods uh, somewhere very fast, you could pay Han Solo and he would fly you or your items to wherever you needed to super fast. He would do that for legal reasons and illegal reasons. And so he would, he would risk his life as long as the price was right. And so uh, he partnered with this big furry creature called a Wookiee. Uh, and his name was Chewbacca. He's this brown furry kind of guy. And outside of Chewbacca, it seems that Han Solo cares about no one other than himself. His name, Han Solo, the new movie, I won't give it all away, but it explores how he became who he is and why he is so focused on himself. And so uh, early in the very first Star Wars movie, uh, there's a man named Obi-Wan Kenobi and a young man named Luke Skywalker, and they agree to pay Han Solo some money to fly them to a planet called Alderaan because they're on the run from the evil galactic empire that's trying to kill them. And so Han, you know, accepts the, the, the money, and he's going to do this. Along the way, uh, uh, they run into some, some trouble, and they find out they have an opportunity uh, to rescue one of the leaders of the rebellion who's fighting against this great evil empire, and she's a princess. Her name's Princess Leia, uh, and she's been captured by the empire, and, and Han Solo wants nothing to do with it until he discovers that there is a handsome, uh, a high reward for that. So he decides, okay, we can amend the deal. I'll get you to Alderaan after we save the princess. Uh, and so they, they find her, they, they get her, and they're trying to escape from the empire. And I want to show you a clip. It just kind of shows you a bit about Han's character uh, and who he is from Princess Leia's perspective. So that's Han Solo in a nutshell. I take orders only from me. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. I'm Lord of my life. It's all about me. Well, they're able to rescue Princess Leia, and they escape to uh, the rebel base, which is on a moon that kind of looks like Earth, and that's where the rebels are hiding out from the Empire. And the Empire's hunting down this rebel base, and they've created this, uh, this machine called the Death Star. It's a round sphere, and it's the size of, like, the, uh, of, a, of the Earth's moon, uh, and it can destroy a planet. In fact, it's blown up the planet Alderaan that they were supposed to go to in the first place. And now the evil empire has discovered that they're hiding on this moon. And so the Death Star is coming to blow up the rebels and end the rebellion so that evil will reign forever in the galaxy. And so the rebels are amassing a fleet of spaceships to go and fight the Death Star. And Luke Skywalker has made it there and he is a pilot. And he's going to ask Han Solo, now that he's gotten his reward for rescuing Princess Leia, delivering him and Obi-Wan to the, to the rebels, if Han Solo would want to become part of this, this group, this, this Navy fleet of ships to go and fight the Galactic Empire to do something bigger than Han Solo himself. Uh, and so let's see if Luke, Han's new friend, makes any progress. So Luke challenges Han, we're getting ready to have the biggest battle ever. We're trying to free the universe, keep freedom as a, you know, as a standard. Like, you know, America, we stand for freedom. And, and Han's like, no, right, I got my money. I got to go pay off some debts. I'm not going to go kill myself for this. This is ridiculous. I'm out of here. So Han just continues to live as if he's the only person in the universe that matters. 
Well, I want, to, I want us to read together right now some words of Jesus, uh, the Son of God, God himself, as recorded in the Bible. We're going to be in the New Testament, uh, in the Gospel of John. A gospel means the good news of Jesus. It talks about the birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's written by a man named John who was a disciple. He was an eyewitness with Jesus. And so he, he lets us know from his perspective how Jesus lived his life. And so today we're going to read a passage in which Jesus is speaking metaphorically. And Jesus is going to say, I am the vine. So Jesus said, I, I'm like... I'm a, I'm a grapevine, and, and God the Father is like the gardener, uh, and then my followers, disciples, are like branches from the grapevine, and if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, then they're going to be growing grapes, okay? So you and I are branches. Jesus is like the grapevine, and so with that in mind, kind of keep in, in mind what we've been talking about, being self-centered, focusing on ourselves, making ourselves the lords of our life, kind of like Han Solo. We're going to see that Jesus has a completely different take on what life to the full, or rich life in Jesus is all about. So let's check this out. We're going to be in John chapter 15, beginning with verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father God is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, right? That's us when we don't bear fruit uh, for the kingdom of God. That doesn't sound very pleasant. While every branch that does bear fruit, we advance the kingdom of God in the world, uh, God prunes so that we'll be even more fruitful. So God continues to, to help us become better in trying to advance the gospel of Jesus. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. So this is the, the verse that says, we, if we want to make a difference in the world, if we want to help usher in the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of heaven, to help people come to find a relationship with God, we can't do that by ourselves. Right? We, we can't be the Han Solo of the world, going it on our own, thinking we have it all figured out, you know, being prideful, thinking you know, we are the Lord of the world. No, we can't do that. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Sorry. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine, right? So Jesus is saying, if you're, if you're going to bear fruit, if you're going to advance God's kingdom in the world, if you're going to make a difference in the world, you have to be attached to me, right? So we're the branches. We're attached to Jesus. If we're attached to Jesus, then we will grow fruit, right? We will help bring the kingdom of God into the world. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. So that's not really our goal, right? <laughs> so we want to remain into, in the vine. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Right? So that doesn't mean that God's like this cosmic genie that we can just ask God to grant every wish. But it means that if we're truly attached to Jesus, then we're going to want to, we are going to want to want what Jesus wants for the world. And so we'll be tapped into what Jesus' will is, and we'll ask for that, and then Jesus will grant that to us. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved you, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's command and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. 
right? So if we're attached to Jesus, then we're going to love people through our actions and we are going to make a difference in the world and we will receive joy from God, right? Joy is different from happiness because happiness is fleeting. It's based on the circumstance. Joy is something we have down deep that no one can rob from us and we receive that because of our relationship, our attachment to Jesus the vine. So Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. You are my friends if you do what I command. So Jesus gives us an alternative view of the world. Han Solo's world is it's me only. It's all about me, right? I'm the only one that makes the decisions. I call the shots. It's my will be done, right? But Jesus says we're not supposed to live like that. In fact, apart from living with Jesus, we're, we're alone and we can't bear fruit. We, we can't advance the gospel. We can't truly make this world a better place in, in the sense that God wants it to be. So Jesus challenges us to, to be attached to him. And when we're attached to him, it will allow us to love God and love people and make a difference, right? We'll feed the hungry. We'll welcome the orphans, the immigrants. We will, we will love those who are hurting. We will do what we can to make this world a better place. So if, if we ask the question, then, you know, so what's this passage really ultimately about? I mean, what is Jesus trying to tell us? You know, how does it relate to the Han Solo movie? I mean, I think the main point here is that it's not all about us. Life is not all about us. It, it is about us. We are important. God created us in God's image. God has great plans for our lives. Jesus died on the cross and come, came back to life for each and every one of us. So we are important. But it's not all about us. It's about everyone in the world, everyone in South Park, everyone in Charlotte, finding a loving personal relationship with Jesus to, to find out what life to the full in Christ looks like, to find out what rich life in Jesus looks like. And so our role is kind of like what Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer. God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? We are supposed to usher in the kingdom of God with the help of Jesus. When Jesus came on the earth, he began to bring the kingdom in. And now it's our job to bring the kingdom in. And we do that by staying attached to Jesus spiritually and by loving people. Right? We become a part of something bigger than ourselves. Even Han Solo finally figured this out. So Luke and all those folks fly off in their starfighters and they're going up against the Death Star and it doesn't go well for them and all hundreds of ships are all blown up and they're down to like three ships. And Luke is the last chance at destroying the Death Star and, and putting a big uh, damper on the evil empire's plans to take over the galaxy. Uh, but there's this, uh, this evil guy, Darth Vader, in the dark armor who's in this spaceship and he's just blasting everybody out of the sky. And we're going to find out that Luke's going to get some help from an unexpected friend. Check this out. So there was no reward. There was a great risk of life. And yet Han Solo, who'd been on his own for his entire life, his whole mantra was all about being me and doing what I want, being Lord of my life, made a self-sacrifice to come and risk his life to help end the Death Star and help restore freedom to the galaxy. And we saw when they landed and they were celebrating that uh, Han was excited to be a part of something bigger than who he was. And that relationships, those relationships with uh, Princess Leia, with Luke Skywalker, were a big part of it, right? We're not meant to go through life by ourselves. 
he also had found some meaning, right? There's this great evil that's trying to erase the freedom in the galaxy, and I can do something about that. I can be a part of something bigger than I am. So that's a beautiful character development in the Star Wars story. Someone so focused on themselves steps above and beyond that because of relationships with each other and because of a calling of something higher, right? That's, that's what makes us Americans. We believe in the American dream where anyone can come and have freedom to pursue what God has called them to pursue. And as Christians, we have an even higher standard, an even higher opportunity to be a part of something bigger than who we are. We can help usher in the kingdom of God itself. So the so what is, right, it's not all about us. It's about us, but it's about everybody finding God, right? So the question, well, now what do I do about that? And it's simple to say, but maybe harder to carry out. But now what we do is we become part of something bigger than ourselves. Become part of something bigger than yourself, right? Become part of the Jesus movement. Become part of the kingdom of God. Become part of ushering in God's kingdom here on the earth. So what does that look like? I want to give you two ways that you can be a part of something bigger than yourself to help usher in the kingdom of God this week. Two very specific things. The first I would just challenge everyone to do this week is find a way to attach yourself closer to Jesus. If you need help with this, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to help you. Any of the staff are glad to help you. We can, we can help you connect. Maybe some things to consider are plugging into the devotion that Cole talked about. We're going to do a church-wide devotion. You just click onto our website. It gives all the information you need to do. And we'll read a passage of Scripture each day together for this month. We can comment or not, but that's a way to begin to attach ourselves to God. Maybe the way we attach ourselves to God is we come back next week and experience worship. This is a great way to attach ourselves to God. Maybe we want to read some of the Bible today. Uh, maybe that's a great way to attach ourselves to God, to become part of our small group ministry here at South Park Church, right? So to challenge you to take one step closer to Jesus, attaching to the vine, right? We're the branches to attach to Jesus. We can't make it on our own. We're not created to be on our own. And so if we feel lonely or tired and, and, you know, we're just tired of going on our own, maybe it's time to surrender and say, God, I'm tired of doing this by myself. And so help me learn to attach to you. And I think it's a powerful thing that we can do. And the second thing is I would challenge you this week to show the love of God to someone. Right? And, and love in the Bible is, is much more than an emotion. It's not like love, like a romantic love. It's, it's an action. Like Jesus said in, in the Gospel of John today, he says, If you love me, if you're my friends, then love people like I loved you. Right? So Jesus has created us. He, he forgives us. He, he affirms us. He builds us up. He, he sacrificed himself for us. Right? So, so sometime this week, you know, put someone else's needs above your own. Right? And just in one way, and do that for Jesus. And do that for Jesus and, and, and pray about that and ask God for that, you know? And, and you know, there's, there's a lot of exciting things that we can plug into. I'm so proud of our student ministry who this week, our grades 6 through 12, went down to Alabama. And they were out in the heat in the summer of Alabama, outside on roofs, working on houses for people uh, who couldn't afford to have housework done, right? And so it's just this incredible gift, right? That is being part of the vine. That's attached 
attached to Jesus and that's loving people, right? That's, that's part of being something bigger than who we are. And your, your financial gifts to the church help make that possible. Your prayers help make that possible. We had uh, leaders who are sitting in here today who were down there leading our children to make that possible. That's awesome. We, you know, we're down in Haiti right now. We're working on three clean water projects to bring clean water to three communities from our Christmas Eve offering. We sent missionaries down earlier this year from our church, right? We're going to be going back to Haiti. Those are, you know, those are some big ways that we connect to God. And, you know, but maybe God's calling you simply this week to take somebody out to coffee who's had a rough week. Take someone out to coffee who, who doesn't know Jesus. And, and, and just, to be, just to share time and say, hey, I care about you. Right? I think there's a God and God cares about you. And, you know, leave it at that. Just spend time loving someone in the name of God. Right? So, uh, you know, attached to the vine. You know, one, one way to attach to the vine. One way that we can love, share the love of God with somebody. Right? Just so we know that we're not in it by ourselves. And that the person that we're sharing love with is not in it by themselves, right? We do this in the name of Jesus. We, we are given the gift to help usher in the kingdom of God. There's one more verse I want to read to you from that passage of, of John's gospel. I skipped over it. It was near the end, um, but it, it's a beautiful verse, and I, I want to kind of wrap up the scripture with it today. And this is what Jesus says. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So we talk about abiding in the vine. We talk about uh, loving people, right? Jesus says there's no greater love than to lay down your life for one's friends, which is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, left heaven to come to earth to become a human, still remain God, but was 100% human. And, And he taught and he preached and he loved, but then he allowed himself to be killed, to be nailed to a cross so we could come back to life so that all of us could be restored in a right relationship with God. So what that tells me, brothers and sisters, is that even Jesus, the Lord God Almighty, he, he believes that it's not all about him. Can you imagine that? It's not all about me. It's about the people that I've created who have strayed from me and they're hurting themselves. And that's not what I want, right? It's not all about me, Jesus said. He's like, I'm going to go. It's about them. And I'm going to do everything in my power to win them back to me. What a powerful sacrifice. If the Son of God himself, if Han Solo himself can see that it's not just all about them, then I think there's hope for you and me. I think there's hope for us. If, if, if we're kind of in that mentality of, of self-centeredness and pride and ego, that, that maybe today's the day that we can let go of that and say, God, I'm tired of carrying it on my own, and I, I want you to come in and be a part of my life and help me be part of something bigger than myself. And, you know, what, what's beautiful today is that we're talking about the vine being a grapevine. It's, you know, it's this ancient you know, image of, of the people of God and the people of Israel. And what it leads up to uh, is, is the sacrament of Holy Communion that we get to celebrate today. 